Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. This September the 30th, 2017. Yom Kippur is past. Now the long haul into the night. Every second, the night gets longer than the day. This descent into darkness that we have every year. As the sun races toward the sign of the restrainer in the heavens, Ophiuchus. I thought about what to say for the opening tonight. Oh my goodness, have the scoffers come to the point of blasphemy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is no joke. September the 23rd, Tyler Schmall published this. I am God, and I completely forgot that I was supposed to end the world today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is getting out of control. Everybody was expecting an event not mentioned in Scripture. The 23rd came and went. The 30th came and went. Rosh Hashanah passed. Yom Kippur is gone. There's two people in particular that comes to mind. They're completely and absolutely discredited. And have completely shamed the name of the Lord their God. You know, ladies and gentlemen, maybe you should all begin to look into the source text for the Bible. You really do need to try to get back to the beginning. You know, do you even know what manuscript... The Bible verses come from? Do you know that everybody on this planet knows that is the correct manuscript? Because of the two source texts that were kept secret from both the government and the church, he wouldn't tell anybody where he got those two manuscripts. He made the notations for them as Iota Alpha and Iota Final Sigma. If you're not reading that manuscript, which both the East, the West, ladies and gentlemen, everybody, everybody knew and accepted that this was God-ordained. I am sorry what you were hoping for didn't happen. 
but the Bible does tell exactly what is to come. I'm sorry until this point you haven't listened to what he had to say. Until we do get this show on the road, get your trays into the upright positions and fasten your seatbelts. Because when the Lord, your God, does pull the trigger on that start gun. Ladies and gentlemen, the riders are not just going to ride. Oh no, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be an all-out stampede. Why, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. This monumental week, I should think, all the news coverage, especially one individual, um, all over the news, people coming out, and now he's changed it, I guess, to October. For the same ungodly reason, he gave the first day. But I guess that's beside the point, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, what are you going to do when you figured out that you are not, you were never going to ascend the heights of heaven? I don't know, but I can tell you what your reaction is going to be. The Bible God's Holy Word does tell you what's going to happen when you conclude that Jesus is going to come back and set up the kingdom of heaven right here. That's what he's always said. Let's get to this week's news. Clinton, how have you been doing this week, buddy? And uh, your thoughts about the week's news cycle? You know, this uh, this week's been a good week. It's uh, been a uh, kind of a crazy one trying to watch all the news that's coming out. I mean, I was looking at all the articles that uh, – I was going to read to get ready for for it, and most of the time I can put them into a category or at least some kind of resemblance of a cohesive mind. But this this week it seemed like everything was everywhere. It just a, a big article here or something that sounds strong here, and and it just seems like everything is is everywhere. There's not really any rhyme or reason to it at this point. Amen. I was thinking the same thoughts myself. Uh, I was doing the exact same thing. I have to call into the switchboard exactly uh, 15 minutes before the show. And I usually spend the prior 45 minutes trying to put my thoughts together, and I couldn't. Um, the only thing I could do was uh, think back to a conversation that we, me and my son had today. I was explaining to him. We were on the way to the hardware store this afternoon, and he said, man, today's a perfect day. And I said, well, God does that every year at this exact same time. He, of course, looked at me like I was crazy once again. Really, Daddy? Why is that? Well, <laughs> son, you know, this past week how the weather's been perfect, yeah? Well, that's because uh, we have 12 hours of day and 12 hours of night. Right now, you're reminded during Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur every single year. Son, this is what it was like in the days of Noah. We were up on a zero-degree axis. He asked me a very strange question. He said, Daddy, can you explain something to me? I was rereading, going through my cross-references because um, he's supposed to do that. Whenever he reads the New Testament, he's supposed to take whatever is mentioned there, whatever's quoted, read that whole chapter and figure out why. Well, it is said that, well, Adam, of course, in the garden, done something around its edges, and I begin to laugh. And I said, answer me this, son. When water freezes, does it expand or does it contract? He said, oh my goodness, Daddy, you've taught me this a million times. It expands. That's right, son. 
so it takes up more mass, doesn't it? Yeah. What happens if you melt the polar ice caps? He said, well, everybody says that the sea will rise, but it won't because uh, the ice takes up more volume of space. That's exactly correct. Tell me, son, how will this entire planet be turned into a garden? Took him a minute. But then I mentioned the continental shelves. And he remembered how I explained to him at great length how even the Mississippi delivers 200,000 pounds of perfect soil to the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico every single day. And I said, when you get home, find your map with continental shelves on. He did, and he goes, oh my goodness, Daddy, it will be a wall around every continent. They will just become a garden. I said, that's correct, because, well, let's think about the North Pole. Let's go to the North Pole. What's going to happen? What happens today at the North and South Pole? Well, the sun kind of just goes, that's right, son. That's right. The sun will never set there anymore. Enter in climate control. I'm sorry. I'm doing it again, taking up time. Good grief. Brian, I'm sorry for that. Um, Brian, buddy, how's your week been? I haven't been able to talk to you again this week. Um, so you can just imagine how my week's been, buddy. But uh, how's your week been, and what have you been keeping your eyes on in the news? Well, it's been one of those interesting weeks, I guess. Uh, as far as what I've been keeping my eyes on in the news, obviously Kurdistan's referendum has had big repercussions across the entire uh, Middle East, and there's quite a few other little odds and ends that are happening elsewhere in the world as well. So that's pretty much the gist of it for the time being. Well, you know, you sent me that link last night, Brian. It completely blew me away because I posted there on Facebook, well, actually on Twitter that goes to the Facebook page. Um, and one of our sisters commented when I posted the link that the uh, officials at the Temple Mount had ceased saying Temple Mount. They had started saying beyond the wall. Well, ladies and gentlemen... I didn't quite understand what was coming either. Then Brian just sent me a random link. As soon as I piped, as soon as I popped open Skype, bam, there it was. And I just looked at it for a really long while, wondering why it is. Brian and I had talked about the Kurds at length so many times. Brian's done so much work on it. And yet here I find myself Well, completely inadequate. I'm sorry about that. I really am. So much to do. I had so many argumentative messages sent to me today. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you covering that? I mean, a whole gambit. I mean, today I had three different emails. All I did was post one picture that I made. Now... That picture is uh, courtesy of uh, Michael Benoyo over there at uh, Bullet Points. 
and instead of people, you know, uh, reminded about me talking about it or this, that, I mean, they got upset. Three emails. I mean, just within a half hour, I think, or I think the me- the last message was 39 minutes ago from the time I looked at it. Uh, mad at me because I hadn't done an entire show dedicated to that. It's perfectly obvious. It's perfectly obvious uh, what is going on in Revelation chapter 8. Well, that's Leviticus chapter 16. But Brian sent me this message, and I'm looking at it like, how did I miss that? So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, look for an eventful broadcast. Everybody seems to be – how should I put that? Ah, my wife put it this way. Out of kilter tonight. I don't know where we're going, but I do know who's going to lead us. The Lord, our God, will do exactly what he does every other night. The Holy Spirit will intervene, and we shall do our job, whether we can do it or not. That's a fact. Clinton, you have the saddle. Let's do your news diatribe. No problem. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've been looking at looking at everything. It seems like you, you can't watch TV or, or talk to someone or read a news article without being bombarded with what's going on in the world right now. And, you know, I mean, we, we talk in length about the health care bill that they were pushing through. Um, and then they just decide, well, we're not going to have the votes for it, so we're not going to vote for it. We're not going to do it. But in the meantime, everyone is scared about what this means. And then all of a sudden, right after that is done, then all of a sudden they're talking about the tax plan and how they have to push through this tax plan, and, and we've got to hurry, hurry, hurry. And it, it wasn't until you know, maybe an hour ago that I was watching, and, and someone reminded me that none of this has to happen right now from a political standpoint. The elections aren't until 2018 in the fall before the Senate and the House and and all these state representatives all have to worry about their jobs. You know, yes, they're trying to do something now to prove that they have done something with with their jobs, but technically they have a whole nother year to push through everything, to push through a health care bill, to push through a tax plan, to push through whatever it may be that they want to push through, you know, if it's immigration reform. You know, they have a lot. They have a lot of time. They have a lot, a lot to do still, according to their spectrum. And if if what we're seeing with the tax plan is any indication of what they actually truly want to do, then, well, they're going to do everything they can to do it. And this is very kind of scary for us. I mean, when when you start digging into the psyche of what we're dealing with, I think that's where a lot of us are. You know. As, as Matthew put out a kilter because we, we don't understand what's going on. We don't see what's going on because it doesn't make any sense, but it was, it was amazing how I came across one article and I started putting things in the sense for me, started making me understand. And it had to do with Trump and the NFL and what's going on with that whole debacle. And, and the crazy thing about this is, you know, I'm, I'm a huge New Orleans Saints fan. I've been, 
since the Domesday defense, and I always will be. But And football brings so much joy to people and brings so much happiness to people, and it's an escape from our reality. So a lot of people that are not watching what's going on, they're not paying attention to the news, they have no idea except for what maybe is said at work or on the news when they drive through and you know, hear something on the radio of what's going on. But when it's infiltrated into their pastime, infiltrated into their, you know, happiness, then all of a sudden it wakes them up, makes them see what's going on. And because of that, more people are involved. More people are wanting to see what, what, it, what this whole situation is. But the question is, why would Trump ever do anything with the NFL? But this whole issue with Trump and the NFL is kind of the key because it gives his a view into this man's mind, into, into what he plans on doing and, and why he does it. Well, the best way I can explain this is, is let me just explain his history with pro-NFL. Um, it turns out in 1983, uh, Trump owned the New Jersey Generals, which is a USFL team. And they were competing with the NFL. They had their games in the spring, and the NFL had their games in the fall. And they were doing well, and so they wanted to try it out. They wanted to move to the fall. So they moved to the fall, and then they sued the NFL and said the NFL had a monopoly on fall games. They lost. Well, I I guess they kind of won. I mean, they won a $3 settlement for this but they end up shutting down all of the USFL after three seasons. Well, Donald Trump was part of that program. Donald Trump owned a team that was part of that program, and he was one of the main instigators to move everything to the fall and to also sue the NFL. That was his stance. In 2014, he tried to buy the Buffalo Bills, and he didn't get in. So this is in the 80s when – Trump had the issue with the NFL, with shutting down his team, shutting down the league that he was a main founder of. And since 1983, you could say that he's had a vendetta. And that vendetta is the reason to cause the chaos in the NFL. Now, what has happened since then has bridged many, many different boundaries. And now there's a very big discussion about race and about the American flag and about what it means to protest. And people are passionate. This is, this is divisive. This is a way to divide people on a level that we, we kind of know what direction it's headed. And, it, and it's sad because you have one side of, of the argument that's saying you're disrespecting the American flag if you do not stand for the national anthem. Okay, I can understand that. I can see that point of view. On the other side of it, you have, well, I'm not protesting the American flag. I'm not protesting the troops that have died for the flag. I'm protesting the remarks of the president of the United States, and that's why I'm kneeling. Okay, I can see that. And then there's a third spectrum that says, well, I'm doing it because there is racial injustice and there is problems with the police and their actions towards you know, people of color, which is what Colin Kaepernick started this with. So it's splintering, it's spreading, it's decisive, or divisive, I should say. And, and it's impacting everyone's happiness. So everyone is seeing this, and everyone is, is getting more and more, I guess, rambunctious about it. 
Um, because unfortunately this is going to just lead to more divisive nature. Now, how we take it from this conversation can go one of two ways. Either we actually have a discussion about race. We have a discussion about what it means to protest and the rights that are associated to protest and what it means to be American. Or we resort back to you do it my way or here's the highway. I mean, that's (laughs) kind of the discussion. That's kind of where we're headed. And is the United States ready for this discussion? I mean, numerous countries in the, in the history of the world have done this. Yeah. You know, I mean, is it going to get to a society of, you know, show me your papers. Are you American? Do you have proof that you are American? Do you stand for the Pledge of Allegiance? Whatever it may be, is that the direction that our country is headed? Well, according to a lot of analysts, a lot of people, and, uh, and even when it comes to prophecy, yeah, that's a strong standpoint. That is something that is possibly down the road and that's possibly heading our way. Now, when we look at this tax plan, when you look at the psyche, the reason behind doing something, you start to understand a little bit more. This tax plan that's coming through is going to save, say, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, you know, $30 million a year. I'm sorry, $31 million a year. You know, all those zeros, I kind of get discouraged a little bit or a little off. You know, it's $31 million, you know. But the the lower-end people, the, the people on the bottom that are part of this 12% tax plan, you know, their taxes go up from 10% to 12 And a lot of the deductions are going to be taken off if they had deductions. We also have the one-time allowance of corporate funds to come in from overseas, which is always going to be there. That's the main reason to push it through. The other is gravy. The other is icing on the cake. The other is fluff. But that's the focus on it. It's how is this going to impact the middle class? How is this going to impact the poor? It's not. It never was intended to. It's never going to. It's there just to give more money to the top so they can create businesses so they can then pay us. That's that's trickle-down economics. That's that's the plan. That's how it, the Republicans have always had a plan. That's always how it is. But we don't have to be pushing everything through, like right now. Like we, we can actually put something together that will benefit all spectrums of society. But for some reason, this government is running like time is running out. Everything is hurry, 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 like time is running short. Like there isn't any time. Either they know something that some of us don't know, or time is running short. That's kind of where we're headed. Now, this issue with Catalina and Spain and the independence vote that they're going to have, I believe it's tomorrow, um, may turn out very, very disastrous. Catalina is very prosperous. They have a strong economy, and they are most likely going to vote to secede. And the rest of Spain is kind of like, why would you ever do that? That doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, because they can sustain themselves, and they can have their own income, and Spain is going to be worse off afterwards because of this. But it's just like the Curtis referendum with people breaking off and voting to have their own independence. We have the, you know, Scotland that wants to do the same thing. We have Brexit that happened. We have, you know, possibly Italy that wants to break away from the EU. I mean, we, we have everything splintering. 
we have everything breaking apart. And either everything is going to come together or everything is going to break apart. We are actually, I think, headed towards breaking apart. And, and I just want to just read this little thing um, about Israel and what's going on in Syria. And this is, you know, the headline is it's from One American News Network. I've been I've been watching them a little bit, and I'm not sure what to think. But here's an article from uh, Israel considers entering the war in Syria. Uh, Israel is considering entering the Syrian conflict in order to battle Iranian forces on the ground. This is after the Israeli Air Force repeatedly struck Iranian-backed Hezbollah fighters involved in the ongoing uh, Syrian civil war. Tel Aviv believes the rising Iranian influence in the region is a threat to Israel's national security as Iranian military forces are now positioned close to Israel's border at Golem Heights. Israel officials say they have uh, to prevent Iran from gaining ground in Syria, particularly amid concerns the country may be close to obtaining a nuclear weapon. Now, I've warned that when the sunset comes, a dark shadow will cast over the entire Middle East and the world because Iran will then be free to enrich uranium on an industrious scale, placing it on a threshold of a massive arsenal of nuclear weapons. Now, that was announced by Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. So, basically, Israel is looking to go into Syria to fight Hezbollah or Iran. We, we have been talking about this developing. We have been talking about this moving in this direction for a while. And I've always believed that Israel would be the one to kind of initiate everything. Does this make Damascus in play, the destruction of Damascus? Well, that's a very strong possibility because, well, Damascus is on the southern port of Syria. You know, so if Israel does go into Syria to protect the Golan Heights from Iran and Hezbollah, Damascus may end up being a target. I mean, there, there's reports that, that Hezbollah is getting weapons from Iran to the point that now they're getting uh, missiles that have a better targeting system to them. So they can actually aim the missiles instead of just trying to shoot them and hopefully hit something. Hezbollah has been battle-hardened by fighting ISIS in Syria. You know, Hezbollah has been helping the Syrian government, helping Assad and Iran. Iran, it's been known, has been funding Hezbollah for many, many years. That's been their private proxy. And Hezbollah wants to take out Israel, connect the dots. Israel's been pleading with the U.N., asking them to do anything, saying Hezbollah has you know, people right next to our border, saying that they're journalists, saying that they're measuring the border, saying whatever they may be, but we see their troops right there. And the U.N. says, no, that's no, no big deal, just don't worry about it. We have a civil war in Syria that is coming to an end, and Assad won, and we have no one helping Israel. No one looking for their well-being. And they're afraid. Absolutely afraid. And they did back the Kurds in their independence referendum. They do see them as an ally. The problem is everyone else sees them as an ally to Israel as well. I mean, Turkey and Iran have both come out saying they're complete opposition to a Kurdish state. Iraq says our military is ready to go. If there is problems in Kurdistan, 
we will go in. And now Hezbollah said the same thing. It's just kind of eerie how this is all building against Kurdistan and Israel's jumping into the, into the middle with them, jumping into war with Iran. While we are, and I mean the United States, is at possible levels of war with North Korea. And we're moving our, our ships in. Uh, Russia moved massive amounts of their uh, military to the border of North Korea. China, you know, pulled out and told all of their companies in North Korea to shut down. Like, we don't want you doing any any business in North Korea because if we do, the United States is anyone that says they're going to be doing business with North Korea, they're, they're going to uh, shut, they're not going to be able to do business with the United States or the, with the U.S. dollar. So this is building. And then there's reports that North Korea just had 4.7 million people volunteer for their military just in the last week. You know, 1.22 of those you know, 1.22 million of those volunteers were women to volunteer for the, the army that North Korea is going to use to battle the United States. Well, in that same rhetoric, they came out, were saying that they plan on dropping millions of bombs on the United States. I mean, okay, there, there comes a point when you have to see insanity or you have to see, is this reality? And, and from understanding the leader of North Korea, yeah, the, the guy is crazy. I mean, he killed his brother in a very horrific way to send a message to the Western world about how crazy he is, that he is willing to do that to his own brother. That's what we're dealing with. And we have the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, calling him little rocket man. This is someone that is mentally unfit, someone that is very scary to have in charge of a nuclear weapon and a military that they can bring 5 million people in the military within a week. This is not someone that you want to mess with. But here we are. That is exactly what we're doing. That is our entire focus, is calling him Little Rocket Man. When we can't even take care of a province or a territory of the United States, Puerto Rico has voted numerous times to become a state. All they needed was a president. Obama could have done this because they did it under Obama. They did it under Bush Jr. All they needed was a president to sign it and say, yes, we would like to have 51 instead of 50. Let's redo the flag. It's going to have an extra star. But no president would do that. Instead, they just were like, you're fine. Just don't worry about it. Just keep being the way you are. You're a wonderful tax haven, so just keep, keep doing what you're doing. And then they got massively in debt, $43 you know, billion in debt, and a hurricane destroyed them. Instead of rushing to their aid saying, this is, these are Americans, these are, these are people that regardless are struggling, stuck on an island with no resources, instead of coming to their aid, we worried about how to pay for it. We worried about their massive bill that they already owe. And then once we did ship goods to Puerto Rico, we never brought anyone to transport the goods into the country. 
So everything was stuck on the ports, and there was no truck drivers to actually drive anything into the city, so nothing could get anywhere. So, wow. That's all I'd say is wow. If we can't take care of our own people, if we can't take care of people that are absolutely helpless, like stuck on an island is about as helpless as you can get when you have nothing on the island. It's not like you can drive, you know, uh, an hour and go get some water or drive an hour and go get uh, a tomato or no, if there's nothing on that island, there's nothing on that island. And instead we would rather worry about our tax plan. We would rather worry about little rocket man. We would rather worry about the NFL instead of people without water and food stranded on an island that are U.S. citizens. That's the psyche. That is where they are, where President Trump is. And the reason I say where they are is because this is spreading. This is spreading everywhere. I mean, you, you can see the, the right-wing approach, the selfishness approach, the racist approach, the whatever you want to call it approach, whatever this movement is that has been created by Donald Trump, whatever this movement you want to call it, you can see it spreading, you can see it growing, you can see it expanding on a global scale. One of the most recent ones is the election in Germany, where, yeah, everyone focuses on Merkel, and the fact that she's going to have a fourth term and she almost lost and everyone was really concerned and you know, she's been doing a good job or a horrible job, whatever political realm you want to jump into. The, the, that's not the point. The point is that out of the 631 spots in Parliament, 87 of those went to the alternative right German party, the AFD, the right wing, the alternative right, the you know, I hate to say it, but in Germany, and Germany had the rise of the Nazi regime there that was very similar to what is going on on a racist scale. And they just gained 87 seats in the German parliament. If this doesn't make the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up, I don't know what does. If you know anything about history, this you have to see what is developing you have to see what is going on i mean we have people calling other people in the united states commies you know saying that they're, they're, they're communist i mean i I've, I've never ever heard that in my entire life like you know yes i went through the 80s but i was a child and to hear people saying that again i mean how divisive can we be but that is the plan to divide and conquer, to take us out to where we no longer support anyone, to where we see nationalism, to where we want to be on America first, where we have to pledge our own allegiance, where our country is better than every other country so that when we blow them up, we don't feel bad. That is, that is, that is what's spreading. That is what's growing. I mean, and, and you, you can see the divisiveness in so many different areas. I mean, we have, in Myanmar, the the Buddhists who are killing the Muslims on a massive scale to the point that it's genocide. But the president of that country, who is a Nobel Peace Prize winner, who sides with the Buddhists 
refuses to acknowledge that this is genocide, that these Muslims are being killed and persecuted because, well, it's been done before. It's been done before, so it's okay to do it now. That is is her stance. We have China, where there's reports that Muslims are being told to turn in their Quran, turn in their prayer mats, and anything associated to the Islamic faith. Or they will face harsh punishment. You can, you can say whatever you want to about you know, Islam being a horrible religion and that it's not the religion of peace or whatever stance you want to take with that. That's between you and God when you have that conversation. You can say whatever you want to. But when you have a government coming down on religious beliefs where people have to give up every possession they have of that religion, otherwise they will be persecuted, we have crossed the line. China's always been that line. You know, look at Tiananmen Square. Look what happened in the past. China's had a history of this. But in the same token, from an economic standpoint, China's going to be leading the world the businesses are moving over there. The strength of the dollar is falling and everything's moving east. So this is relevant. So if the Muslims are having to turn in everything that they have according to their faith, and we know Christians are being persecuted to that level as well. We know that Christians in, Israel, in uh, Iraq are almost extinct because either they've been pushed out of the country or killed. So this divisiveness that's going on a global scale is going on a global scale to divide everything and to make people conform to one way or another. And either you conform to the way of society or the way of the government, or you conform to your religion. You choose. That is, that is what that message is. That is what is being presented out there. You choose. So, We'll see where we stand in the United States on this, you know, because, well, we may be a place that is a home of the free and, and never, ever have any of this happen in the United States because we're, we're good and we're Christian and we're going to make sure that everyone has their rights, that they can say what they want to, they can believe what they want to, they can worship what they want to, they can pray how they want to. Or we can do what ICE did. You know, they, they just rounded up 450 illegal immigrants in uh, Philadelphia, uh, L.A., and New York. Yes, they're illegal immigrants. And, yes, it was presented that they were gangbangers, um, that they were um, – because, yeah, I think it was 18 out of the 498 were involved in a gang. You know, so all of them were gang members because – 18 of them were gang members because they were – Illegal citizens in the United States illegally. And here's another stance that you can take any way that you want to. You can say, yes, they are legal. They should not be in the United States. They should be deported because they're here legally. That is the letter of the law. That is what the law says. Yes. But what does compassion say? Does compassion say, well, if I was born in, hmm, let's just say Venezuela, and I had 
you know, horrible trials in my life because I was in Venezuela and I had the opportunity to risk everything I have to come to the United States to work picking fruit or whatever the profession may be. Would you do that? Would you take that risk? Would you come to the United States and live illegally because your homeland was in such disarray? I think the majority of us, if we had that strength, we would do that. But that's not the letter of the land. That's not the law of the land. So that is our debate is do we follow the law of the land or do we follow the law of compassion? Well, Israel, or not Israel, but Europe is witnessing that right now. And I think that election in Germany is evidence of what is happening. We have Europe has had massive migration problems from the Middle East, from Northern Africa, because of the chaos in those countries. The main reason that Germany had the rise of the right wing is because they ran on an anti-immigration policy. That's why people voted for them, is because they were against immigration in Germany. And it rose the right wing. What do you think is going to happen in the United States? People run on that same, you know, venue. You're going to happen, you know, see what happened in Georgia. You're going to have people that are going to be elected based off of, well, they stand for this. Not because they're good people, they're moral people, or that they've actually done right. It's just that they stand on that side of the fence with you. Is that right? Well, I think that's something that we're all going to have to debate internally. That's something that we're going to have to explain when we're, when we're gone from this life. We're going to have to explain these actions. Why didn't you act on compassion side? Why did you stand to the law of the land? Why didn't you read between the lines and realize this doesn't fit with Scripture? Those are conversations we're all going to have because they're all important. And when it comes to compassion, when it comes to doing what's right for mankind, I mean, what, how are people going to go about this? We have, and this is the last little article I have, but this, is, this one just keeps breaking my heart. We have the owner of the nuclear plant in Fukushima who came out saying that he's known that it was leaking radioactive water into the ocean for five months. For five months, it's been leaking radioactive water into the ocean. And it doesn't even seem like he cares. There's nothing being done to stop this. Where is erring on compassion? Where is saying, well, maybe my tiny little empire that I built is not worth killing our oceans <laughs> when is money enough when is this this control this power this mirage that we have created for ourselves when is it enough when it destroys our land when it destroys our oceans when it destroys our people when it destroys our peace when it destroys the NFL I mean when when is it enough well we know it's not going to be. So, you know, that's all I have to really say at this point is I, I just, I hope that people are seeing what is, what is transpiring, what is building and, 
and that we all just make sure that we, we stand true to the truth and what compassion brings instead of necessarily just what is written down on, on paper. So I'll hand it back over to you, Matthew. Well, Clinton, interesting news coverage there, to say the least. I will say this. You can just imagine, ladies and gentlemen, how many pastors, different churches I've attended over the years with my family, especially one Sunday school teacher in particular, when she asked me, why don't you pledge allegiance to the American flag at the beginning of Sunday service? Nor does your children. Make no mistakes about it, ladies and gentlemen, I do not pledge my allegiance to the United States of America. Um, I pledge allegiance to the promised land, which isn't around yet, but it will be. You're more than welcome to, uh, if you make it around here, uh, by all means, ask everybody. I fear the Lord my God. I certainly do not pledge allegiance to any country that the number one cause of death of Americans is by mothers sucking out their babies with vacuum cleaners. No, 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 no. No, I fear God. And you can take that to the bank. Let's let's talk about something real. <laughs> Let's uh, prop up the Catholics, shall we? Why not? Here's the headline. Published September 27th, hurricane-stricken houses of worship should be given federal aid. You know, let me just put this on all of your platters. Let's just talk about something that's real that actually pertains to us. Well, I mean, it may not be us, but it pertains to me because I'm a Christian. I'm not an American. Okay, I'm forced to be here. I mean, the only reason why I'm not a refugee in Israel is because I don't have the money to leave. The law allows FEMA to help rebuild destroyed houses of worship, but the agency would rather not. Trump should fix this now. By now, most Floridans and many Americans have heard of the chainsaw-wielding nun, Sister Margaret Ann, who was caught on tape by the Miami-Dade police clearing debris after Hurricane Irma. When police told her that others would come help clear the trees, the sister and the school principal responded that the trees were dangerous and couldn't wait to be cleared. We teach our students that do what you can to help other people. Don't think about yourselves. That's what I wanted to do, she told reporters. In Texas, in the wake of Hurricane Harvey, staff and congregation of the United Orthodox Synagogues of Houston rescued dozens of people of all faiths from their homes and brought them to non-flooded homes and shelters. The UOS itself is flooded and mostly unusable for the high holy days this week. Sister Margaret and the congregants of UOS are emblematic of the role that 
Houses of worship and religious communities play in helping our communities clean up after natural disasters. We don't wait for the local or federal government to step in. We just start helping those in need. But when we are in need ourselves after a disaster, the federal government tells us we cannot receive aid because we're religious. Through the Federal Emergency Management Agency, nonprofit organizations that are open to the public are eligible to apply for federal aid to rebuild structural damage. Nonprofits from botanical gardens to octopus research centers have received this aid. You know what? I'm going to stop right there. You know, what are you? No, really. What do you really care about? Do you really care about the NFL? Or do you really care about um Ah yes, out of kilter said my wife. Out of kilter. Well, I will mention this just simply because of the nomenclature used. Churches that have applied despite the bar of funding to houses of worship have been caught up in years of waiting and red tape that has led only to denial in the end. Take, for example, Mount Nebo Bible Baptist Church, which was submerged under about 20 feet of water from Hurricane Katrina. The church applied despite FEMA's policy and almost 10 years after being flooded was denied the aid. Ah, yeah. It just keeps getting more prophetic the more I think about this. But mold waits for no one, not even the federal government. St. Peter the Fisherman Church in Big Pine Key, Florida, sustained significant damage in Hurricane Irma that no one is currently allowed in the church. St. Peter was the center of recovery efforts after Hurricane George, a Category 4 hurricane that inflicted nearly $10 billion in damages in 1998. Amongst many ministries, the parish runs a food bank that serves an average of 500 men, women, and children each month, regardless of their Religious affiliation. St. Peter members must now figure out how to rebuild themselves even as they look to serve others in need. Oh my God, what are you? No, really. I mean, my God. Who gives a flying rip about the NFL? It is so pathetically obvious. Your gods are of silver and gold and stone and wood. And and you know what really ticks me off? Most of you that call yourselves Christians would have hammered the daylights out of the chainsaw-welding nun, Sister Margaret Ann. 
Yeah. Keep right on going, pledging your allegiance to your flag. And the children of the promise will gather around and watch it burn to the ground. Wow. So let me get this right. All of you think that botanical gardens and octopus research centers deserve to be rebuilt. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you realize that's religious discrimination that emergency aid is supposed to go to nonprofit organizations? But yet that doesn't matter. It's not allowed to go to churches. Just just churches. You know, it reminds me about several months back. I can't remember what it was that, that Clinton said, but it just caught me square. Caught me point blank range as if both barrels of a good old fashioned 12 gauge shotgun had blasted right in my chest. It was along the lines of you need to question <laughs> whether you're a human being or not. Well, I think I'm way past that today because I'm a little off. Kilter. You know, because you can't be a Green Bay Packers fan and a Christian. Oh my gosh, did I hurt your feelings? Look, I'm being serious with you. If you're upset over Monday Night Football, and you don't give a flying rip that a nun picks up a chainsaw and the cops try to stop her? I don't know what you are, but you're not what I am. That much I do know. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, what is important to you? On the great day of he who sitteth upon the throne, you're going to get an epiphany. You're going to get it a daylight and a dollar short. It's going to kind of like uh, you going into Fort Knox and walking in the vault and somebody shuts the door and then you turn your back and realize that there ain't nothing in there. You're going to find yourself in a cage, just like the fallen you worship. You need to take a read of Isaiah chapter 24 because it's true. And you need to take a read of Revelation chapter 6 because it's true. And God don't give a flying rip what you think is important. Because what is important is common knowledge. And if that means picking up a chainsaw and clearing debris away from your demolished church so you can have at least clear off some pews so that you can have some place to start stocking the cans because you've got 500 men, women, and children to feed that week was wise. 
you're off kilter. Amen. That just means I'm one step closer. But I do know this. What the Lord my God stated in the Bible, God's holy word, in Job chapters 38 through 40, is extremely important. And it's true. It's literally where the buck stops. You're listening to the End Time Tribune. It has been an eventful week. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Nor will we ever pledge allegiance to a nation of God-haters. Book of Job, chapter 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof? if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or who laid the cornerstone thereof, when the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut up the sea with doors, when it brake forth as if it had issued out of the womb, when I made the cloud the garment thereof, and thick darkness a swaddling band for it, and break up for it my decreed place, and set bars and doors, and said, Hitherto shalt thou come, but no further, and here shall thy proud waves be stayed. Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days, and caused the day spring to know his place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth, that the wicked might be shaken out of it? It is turned as clay to the seal, and they stand as a garment. And from the wicked their light is withholden, and the high arm shall be broken. Hast thou entered into the springs of the sea? Or hast thou walked in the search of the depth? Have the gates of death been opened unto thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Hast thou perceived the breadth of the earth? Declare, thou knowest it all. Where is the way where light dwelleth? And as for darkness, where is the place thereof? That thou shouldest take it to the bounds thereof, and that thou shouldest know the paths to the house thereof. Knowest thou it, because thou wast then born? Or because the number of thy days is great? Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow? Or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? By what way is the light parted, which scattereth the east wind upon the earth? Who hath divided a watercourse for the overflowing of waters, or a way for the lightning of thunder, to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness, wherein there is no man, to satisfy the desolate and waste ground, and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth? Hath the rain a father, or who hath begotten the drops of dew? Out of whose womb came the ice, and the hoary frost of heaven, who hath gendered it? 
The waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades, or loose the bands of Orion? Canst thou bring forth Mazaroth in his season, or canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons? Knowest thou the ordinances of heaven? Canst thou set the dominion thereof in the earth? Canst thou lift up thy voice to the clouds, that abundance of waters may cover thee? Canst thou send lightnings, that they may go and say unto thee, Here we are? Who hath put wisdom in the inward parts? Or who hath given understanding to the heart? Who can number the clouds in wisdom? Or who can stay the bottles of heaven when the dust groweth into hardness and the clods cleave fast together? Wilt thou hunt the prey for the lion? Or fill the appetite of the young lions when they couch in their dens and abide in the covert to lie in wait? Who provideth for the raven his food? When his young ones cry unto God, they wander for lack of meat. Chapter 39 Knowest thou the time when the wild goats of the rock bring forth? Or canst thou mark when the hinds do carve? Canst thou number the months that they fulfill? Or knowest thou the time when they bring forth? They bow themselves, they bring forth their young ones, they cast out their sorrows. Their young ones are in good liking, they grow up with corn, they go forth and return not unto them. Who hath sent out the wild ass free? Or who hath loosed the bands of the wild ass, whose house I have made the wilderness, and the barren land his dwelling? He scorneth the multitude of the city, neither regardeth he the crying of the driver. The range of the mountains is his pasture, and he searcheth after every green thing. Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee, or abide by thy crib? Canst thou bind the unicorn with his band in the furrow? Or will he harrow the valleys after thee? Wilt thou trust him because his strength is great? Or wilt thou leave thy labor to him? Wilt thou believe him that he will bring home thy seed and gather it into thy barn? Gavest thou the goodly wings unto the peacocks? Or wings and feathers unto the ostrich, which leaveth her eggs in the earth and warmeth them in dust, and forgetteth that the foot may crush them, or that the wild beast may break them? She is hardened against her young ones, as though they were not hers. Her labor is in vain, without fear, because God hath deprived her of wisdom, neither hath he imparted to her understanding. What time she lifteth up herself on high, she scorneth the horse and his rider. Hast thou given the horse strength? Hast thou clothed his neck with thunder? Canst thou make him afraid as a grasshopper? The glory of his nostrils is terrible. He poureth in the valley, and rejoiceth in his strength. He goeth on to meet the armed men. He mocketh at fear, and is not affrighted, neither turneth he back from the sword. The quiver rattleth against him, the glittering spear and the shield. He swalloweth the ground with fierceness and rage, neither believeth he that it is the sound of the trumpet. He saith among the trumpets, Ha ha! And he smelleth the battle afar off, the thunder of the captains and the shouting. Doth the hawk fly by thy wisdom, and stretch her wings toward the south? Doth the eagle mount up at thy command, and make her nest on high? She dwelleth and abideth on the rock, upon the crag of the rock, and the strong place. From thence she seeketh the prey, and her eyes behold afar off. Her young ones also suck up blood, and where the slain are, there is she. Chapter 40 Moreover the Lord answered Job, and said, 
Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile, what shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth. Once have I spoken, but I will not answer. Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. Then answered the Lord unto Job out of the whirlwind, and said, Gird up thy loins now like a man. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. Wilt thou also disannul my judgment? Wilt thou condemn me, that thou mayest be righteous? Hast thou an arm like God? Or canst thou thunder with a voice like him? Deck thyself now with majesty and excellency, and array thyself with glory and beauty. Cast abroad the rage of thy wrath, and behold everyone that is proud and abase him. Look on everyone that is proud and bring him low, and tread down the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust together, and bind their faces in secret. Then will I also confess unto thee that thine own right hand can save thee. Behold now, behemoth, which I made with thee. He eateth grass as an ox. Lo now, his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are as strong pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He is the chief of the ways of God. He that made him can make his sword to approach unto him. Surely the mountains bring him forth food, where all the beasts of the field play. He lieth under the shady trees, in the covert of the reed and fens. The shady trees cover him with their shadow. The willows of the brook compass him about. Behold, he drinketh up a river, and hasteth not. He trusteth that he can draw up Jordan into his mouth. He taketh it with his eyes. His nose pierceth through snares. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. I hope it has been edifying to you. Brian, it is your turn for the news diatribe. Uh, please forgive me for rambling on there. I probably cut into some of your time again. But uh, I think uh, Rachel was right, Bri. I am a little bit off kilter. So uh, by all means, you have the saddle. All right, well, I suppose that's kind of the uh, gist of where do I jump in here. Um, we had a lot happen here with the uh, Curtis referendum that uh, took place, I believe it was on Monday, and the results were released a couple of days later at about a 92.7% for independence for the Kurdish people of Iraq. Now, this does not... Um, set any sort of legal precedence as far as them being able to lay land, uh, lay claim to the land or any of this thus far, but it opens the door for discussions which Iraq and Baghdad refuse to have any part of. Now, Iraq um, has reacted very uh, negatively towards this. They have closed down uh, airports, in Erbil, demanding that the people of Erbil hand over the airports to them. And I believe there was one other spot where they were doing the same thing. Now, the Kurdish people have turned around and said, no, we're not doing it. 
their own uh, delegation has, on top of it, refused basically everything coming out of Baghdad. Now, on the other side of the fence, over in Iran, this is also beginning to start a problem. Um, You know, to point out first, uh, Iran, Turkey, and Syria are all strongly opposed to this move by Kurdistan because, obviously, you've got the Kurds are in each one of those nations, and this is bringing up worries of these other Kurdish people also moving for independence within each one of these nations. Um, This week in Iran, immediately there were celebrations with the Kurdish people inside of Iran. Then the Iranian police were sent out. And since that time, there was an article that was released today stating that there could be a push inside of Iran, not to even mention the fact that they're disheartened with the current administration there. And this sort of goes hand in hand with some events that happened a while back where we already were keeping a very close eye on circumstances going on there with the, uh, I believe it's the uh, MHK off the top of my head. That's the uh, Kurdish group that's within Iraq that's been feeding uh, intelligence to the United States stating that there is nuclear weapons being built inside of Iran. Uh, It's MEK. And, um, oh, also essentially pushing for the destabilization and removal of the current Ayatollah regime within Iran as well. So this is causing already a sort of slapback effect into Iran as we move forward with this. Now, On top of it, we had Turkey and Iran um, and Iraq, I believe. It might have been just Turkey and Iraq, actually, off the top of my head now here, that uh, already started military um, training right off the uh, Iraqi-Kurdish border and between uh, the border between Turkey and Iraq and that area as well earlier in the week. And thus far, they said there's been no real movements by either one of them, but at the same time, we had an article that broke out earlier in this week where Turkey is moving against the Kurdish people inside of Turkey itself. There's a total of 63 uh, of the PKK terrorists were killed in counter-terror operations carried out in southeastern Turkey between September 21st and 27th by the Turkish Armed Forces. And this came in a a statement that was written Friday. This is from uh, Sabah.com, Daily Sabah. And inside of Kurdistan, the Sunni Arabs are supporting the Kurdistan referendum and are also rejecting the sanctions. And this is where things went, got very uh, precarious within Iraq because after America invaded Iraq back in 2003, What ended up happening is this gave a complete Shiite majority control over most of Iraq. Now, this has completely thrown out the balance of power in the uh, Middle East, where it's therefore given a large Shiite majority over to Iraq, and of course, Iran, obviously. Then we have on top of it within Syria, um, we have, of course, Hezbollah is deeply involved in the Syrian civil war, and there's two different articles that came out today about we've got one we have a tax right up there and the border right by Jordan is now being cleared 
by Syria, and Hezbollah is heavily involved with this. So there's threats going back and forth between Lebanon and Israel. There's fear of war between those two areas, and this thing just keeps building and building and building. Now, where this is going to go as far as this Kurdistan referendum and the reactions to by these other nations is yet to be seen, but this is definitely pushing it towards a very uh, explosive situation out here. Now, um, you got to factor in on top of this, too, is uh, Russia has been making some major oil deals with the people in Kurdistan, uh, specifically in uh, Kirkuk, which was also one of the major areas that voted towards this referendum. And this could have a bit of a ramification with these oil deals going on back and forth between the two. Now, earlier, America with uh, Mobile Exxon, when uh, Rex Tillerson, uh, uh, Secretary of State, was head of it, they had deals going on with Kurdistan at that point in time. And then obviously the Russian government came in and is trying to set up more as far as the oil is concerned there. Now, we also had this week announced by Saudi Arabia that they're considering putting part of their Aramco stocks up on the markets, but it hasn't been announced as to which one yet. And this is also causing a great deal of consternation. Now, there was an article that came out, I, I guess I think I caught that earlier today, I can't remember offhand, uh, Pepe Escobar wrote up a very in-depth article concerning this new prince in Saudi Arabia and America's very strong dislike for this uh, prince who's basically been in the midst of, uh, you know, obviously he's a big moving piece behind what's happening in Yemen with Saudi Arabia's attacks on Yemen and the Houthi uh, Shiites there. And then on top of it, we got the United Arabs. United Arab Emirates is deeply involved with this move as well. So there's he brought up some good points in this article where he suspects we need to keep an eye on this uh, prince that's moving to power in Saudi Arabia and keep an eye out for a CIA overthrow, which not really too out of the question here. <clears throat> Let me see here. What else have we had happen this week? Um, James Mattis was out in several meetings throughout the Afghanistan-India-Pakistan uh, corridor this week. When he showed up in Kabul, there was a pretty major terrorist attack, and it was released later in the week that uh, Mattis was the intended target. Now, today we had one come out of uh, voanews.com. Mattis reassures India, Afghanistan, Qatar of U.S. support. And we've got some interesting rumblings going on in the Balkans, specifically Montenegro, um, with Kosovo, Serbia, which Kosovo broke away from Serbia not too long back. And there's still a lot of rumbling going on in that neck of the woods. Uh, same thing goes with Macedonia. They are still trying to get beyond this uh, this naming dispute, which is the biggest thing keeping them out of the EU, and we've had the minority, I believe it's Albanians, have taken basically taken over the government at this point, and it's making things a lot worse over there. We also had earlier in the week, uh, 
North Korean uh, delegate for the UN had essentially stated that Trump had declared war on North Korea through his, well, ridiculous statements he made at the UN meeting and through the Twitter, uh, the typical, atypical Twitter charade that he's doing, and now they've upped the characters that somebody can type into Twitter, or they're working on that, which I can just imagine where that's going for him. But once again, it started all kinds of uh, consternation with North Korea, and they threatened that they were going to start shooting planes down in international waters if they even came anywhere near North Korea. Now, there was also movements of missiles that were spotted uh, this week at moving. South Korea had reported on it and some of the other intelligence agencies, and there's speculation that it might be nuclear arm missiles uh, in the midst of... Uh, heading towards another test, they really have no idea. So it's all basically speculation at this point. We had the good old Telegraph uh, put out a article on Britain must prepare for a real possibility of U.S. war with North Korea. And, I mean, this is become, starting to become a bit of, more of a major concern because no matter how many sanctions they keep slapping on North Korea, it doesn't seem to be changing anything here. And... There's been various news commentators that have a strong suspicion that things might be headed in this direction. And if it, indeed it does, it's the ramifications across the board on South Korea, on the economic factors, let alone the amount of bloodshed that's going to be involved. is just absolutely ridiculous. So there's a lot of concern in the international communities of where this thing is heading. Let's see here. And going back to the Kurdistan thing, now this has been something floating out of Turkey, and a couple of the other uh, nations have jumped on board as well, blaming Mossad's involvement with the Kurdish independence referendum, and you know they're basically pointing their fingers saying that this is for the stabilizing factor, that because of the fact that there's Israeli flags that have been seen flying in that area, they're pointing their finger at them. But the thing, key thing to point out is during the Babylonian captivity, there was a large number of the Jewish population that stayed in Kurdistan, and they still have people living in that area to this very date. Now, there's a lot of historical odds and ends that really begin to become very important, especially uh, another article kind of points this out even more. Uh, we had 21 parties register for Kurdistan's November 1st elections. This came out of Ruda.net. And you might want to pay attention to the groups in this little article because, well, folks, I stumbled on this earlier in the week. I sent a thing to Matthew about it, too. And it's this word, Kur, that, for instance, we have it come up here in Isaiah 22, verse 6, which... Believe it or not, some of the commentators suspect that this is actually, well, has to do with Kurdistan. And uh, it comes up here in verse 6, And Elam took up the quiver with chariots, infantry, and horsemen, and Kur uncovered the shield. Now, remember, ancient Elam is, where, is inside of what is Iran now. And it comes up again in Amos 1. And Amos 9, but if you start going back and forth between these chapters, you're going to notice something. The Arameans come up, 
We've got Damascus all over this. We've got Gaza. We've got Edom. We've got the Philistines. And now why would the Philistines be important? Well, if you go and look between the Septuagint and the Hebrew versions, you're going to find out that the Philistines came from Cappadocia, which is in modern-day Turkey. So this all begins to be uh, more concerning when you take all of this into consideration of where this is showing up at. And on top of it, we've got more for historical ramifications. And don't forget, folks, history does repeat itself. That's how God designed it. We've got this coming up in 2 Kings 16. And if you go over, like I said, you go and look at these 21 parties that are registered, you're going to see a few of these groups come up that are mentioned in those verses. And we've got more trouble with Hamas this week, even though Palestinian Authority and Hamas had eventually been in the midst of talks. And it sounded like things were going towards more of a peaceful resolution. Well, it kind of looks like it's flipping here. And we had multiple, uh, we had one terror attack where I believe three Israelis were killed this week. And then they foiled another terror attack with a roadside bomb and arrested another group of terrorists that's operating there. Um, And I believe they also caught a group that was in the midst of trying to uh, flare up another Temple Mount attack here this week as well. So let me kind of flip through here quick and see if there's any other odds and ends. Interesting one out of uh, Saudi Arabia this week. Saudi women are being allowed allowed to drive. But once again, this goes back over to the, uh, this is actually the article I brought up concerning the Pepe Escobar wrote. And he calls it wheels and deals. Trouble brewing in the house of Saad, and he goes into extreme depth, pointing out the uh, Wahhabism, uh, Salafi um, Islamism. You know, basically the terrorist involvement with these groups with uh, Saudi Arabia, and even you know, pointing out their connections to ISIS and across the board. So, not a bad little article for those of you that aren't familiar with all these odds and ends. So, you might want to go out and take a look for this one can be found in uh, Strategic Culture Foundation, and I believe his other website, which is uh, usually uh, atimes.com or Asian Times. Let's see here. What else do we got? Ah. Another big uh, movement is happening inside of Pakistan this week. We've got multiple militant groups, and you've got at least three of these people um, known to be listed on terror lists and wanted by several governments for their involvements. Well, now you have them rebranding themselves as political parties inside of Pakistan. And this is a rather interesting development. To see where that goes is going to be... I guess time is going to tell what happens with that, but and I think that pretty much covers it here. That's what I've got for the time being. All right, Brian, let's get uh, Quentin's comments on what's been uh, discussed over yours and mine's diatribe. 
Uh, perhaps he can collate things a little bit for us. Clinton? Well, the the biggest thing that just uh, it, it just keeps staying out to me is this Curtis referendum. Um, I mean, we we've talked about it and Brian talked in just length uh, uh, earlier in the broadcast, um, but it it's it's like this wait and see kind of thing that's happening. I mean, we know that Erdogan's come out saying that the Kurds are going to pay for this referendum, and we have Kurds in Iran that are like, well. We liked what happened in Iraq with the referendum, so we'd like to do the same, which is exactly what they're afraid of. And what they're worried is going to happen is that both Iran, Iraq, Syria, and Turkey are all going to be affected by the the Kurdish referendum and and by the Kurdish people wanting to have their own voice and have their own country, and they're they're, they're not going to allow this. These countries are not going to allow this. Um, And it's, it's Compared to what's happening in Syria, um, you can just see everything destabilizing in the Middle East. Everything is, is I mean, it's not like it was very stable to begin with, but it's, it's very <laughs> destabilizing at this point. And, and my biggest kind of question, I guess, is, is I mean, seriously, if, if Israel jumps into the fight in Syria in a massive way, um, I mean, how is that going to impact the Syrian government and Assad? How is that going to impact, impact Hezbollah and Lebanon? Um, how is that going to impact Russia and then Iran and, and Turkey as well? I mean, that all of those players are impacted by these moves that are happening. And, you know, I mean, I, I guess, Matthew, a, a question that I have for you um, is, I mean, how, how do you see this, this everything that's happening in the Middle East transpiring, and how do you see it it moving forward with with you know the information that we have right now? Well, let me counter your question with a question: Did not Erdogan go to Russia this week to make deals? I'm not sure if he did. He most certainly did, which is. Now we're on a different level, aren't we? Because, ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not, Turkey's a member of NATO. Now look, I know you've all entertained yourselves to death, actually. But you need to figure out this real quick. A member of NATO which is purely, purely a defense coalition with the entire design to be stopping Russian aggression. That's the whole point of NATO. It's the whole point. When you have a member go and make military deals, with that particular entity, and yet everybody's worried about the NFL? Where do you think you're going? No, really. I mean, I know what the Lord my God has told me where to watch multiple times. Multiple verses, multiple chapters. 
He's told us to watch for the shaking of the cedars of Lebanon. Now, I don't need to understand it. I'm only required to believe it, because that's what's going to happen. Now, Brian and I have been telling you about the massive Assyrian villages all through this corridor for years now. Years now. Um, you can go straight to YouTube, The Bands of Time. I'm not sure how many years we begin to talk about the Kurds, uh, but I'm, I'm sorry to rain on everybody's party. Brian told you this years ago this was coming. Why? Well, he mentioned it earlier because, well, that's what God said out of both sides of his mouth. That's what he said in Hebrew. That's what he said in Greek. And believe it or not, he wasn't joking. In this same season, we've seen in Greece, and we covered it, they've even erected another statue of Alexander the Great. Right on time, right on target. Everybody's forgotten about what's happened to Greece, which is going to happen to you. Basically, in American lingo, uh, it doesn't matter if they had, oh, I don't know, 1.8 million in their retirement account. Guess how much they can draw out every single day, ladies and gentlemen? It's nice and warm and fuzzy, 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's still going on. You didn't... You know what I'm, I'm really wondering? I know all of you that purport to be Christians, that... Um, huh. You already have all your tickets for the NFL for next year, bought this year. Just like, oh, I don't know, the Indy 500... You've had those seats for years, haven't you? Do not try to lie to me. What are you going to do? <laughs> when you can no longer drive to your stadium because, well, that would be more than your 60 bucks allows for the day. You know, that's a good, that's a good question. I wonder if anybody would <clears> – <throat> Just research the Greece professional teams, you know? Raw, raw, re-kick them in the knee? I mean, I don't know, and I don't care what they do over there. Maybe it's professional soccer teams or something, but why don't you start doing research? Of course, you'd have to translate everything into English because all the real news in Greece is only published in Greece. You know, Greek, Greece, yeah. It's all in Greek. Just like all the massive things happening south of our border, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to know what's going on south of our border. No, 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 no. Mm -mm -mm. 
we'll get these random little tidbits, like Brian found that documentary not too long ago, that, uh, by the way, the assassins that were hired to take out JFK, uh, why did they have to go to Argentina <laughs> to get paid? You know, I, I'm really telling you historical facts. Uh, Brian and I really did talk about the Kurds years ago when nobody else was. They were too busy entertaining themselves to death. So this has worked out exactly like Brian laid out was going to happen because the area in question. I mean, basically, you're talking about uh, the Euphrates Tigris Valley. Now, that's what God always said. He said that thousands of years ago. It's just Brian decided to believe it and get a heads up. But we've did. I think some of those broadcasts were pushing three hours long. You can still go watch them and marvel at the simple fact that this very week we had a referendum, and it means war no matter what. They're probably not going to tell you about it, but it does mean war. It does, and it means that you are a NATO member with Turkey, so no matter what, that means you're going to war uh, because… You need to get a clue right now. That means at present moment they could be firing weapons made by the U.S. or Russia. <laughs> this is going to get ugly, and it's going to get ugly quick. It's going to take your breath away. You didn't know that? You've never studied the physiology of horses? Don't you realize that's the thing that happens instantly once the start gun is fired? They take a deep breath. So what do you think is going to happen when the four spirits of heaven take a deep breath? <laughs> Your Merrill Lynch accounts will no longer be relevant. So I know where we're going. It's just the details that are in question. I mean, let's talk about – well, Clinton, you know that once I covered this article of uh, these God-haters in Iceland that have murdered all the Down syndrome babies… I told you they were going to have it coming. Well, ladies and gentlemen, they've been flooded with catastrophic flooding. Uh, this from the Iceland Review this week. Torrential rains washes away East Island roads and bridges. Just took them out. Just took them out. <laughs> uh -huh. 120 people had to be rescued in a single day. 70 – well, let me check my numbers now. Let me see here. 
Yes. Nearly 70 tourists this particular day uh, had to be evacuated. So um, just so you all know, all you false shepherds in Iceland, mm-hmm. I know who mainly fills your coffers. I know it's the tourists. I know you can go on the internet right now and get all kinds of fire sales they're having. It's only 399 bucks to go to Iceland. You'd be surprised what happens to snow when it burns. So, what we should be watching for, nobody has the wherewithal to take notice of. This is going to get really live and really local and really late breaking really quick, ladies and gentlemen. So you better decide what has value to you personally because God's about ready to take you to task. <laughs> By the way, I don't have a retirement account because if I had a retirement account, I wouldn't be here. Nope. I'd be in the promised land, whatever that meant. That's where I'd go. I mean, I'm already a slave. I mean, I'm not stupid. This is a kleptocracy. I mean, even the Huffington Post had articles on the kleptocracy this week. I warned everybody to watch for that. We've been talking about uh, Al Jazeera here lately, and just... This is just a magical article from Al Jazeera on uh, the 28th. This is magical. This is the headline. Kleptocracy Tour highlights London money laundering. Now, this is real. This is real. I contacted one of our uh, private groups <laughs> in Great Britain, and I said, oh, yeah, that's real. This, I mean this is the shortest published article in history. This is the entire article. It's the side of London many prefer to ignore. Anti-corruption campaigners in the British capital have organized a bus tour designed to expose money laundering by foreigners. Al Jazeera's naive baker has been on the latest trip focusing on Nigerian money in London. That's the end of the article. That's the whole thing. These anti Corruption campaigners in London, <laughs> they offer different tours every week, and, and this particular week it's Nigerian money. All of you are probably surprised. Well, I didn't think that Nigeria had it. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian's taught you all about the oil barons. He's taught you all about what's been happening recently. The incursions, well, like uh, he's taught you about what happened in the Great War when Italy, of course, invaded Somaliland. They've changed the name, but that's okay. Same exact thing's been done. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not Nigerians that's actually laundering anything from Nigeria. It's these God-haters that set up the entertainment industry. 
mm, for the likes of you. Now me, I spend all my time doing one of two things. Reading God's Word or looking for signs in current events that that's about to be fulfilled. That's That's basically what I do. So, uh, good question there, Clinton. Where are we going? Where are we going? Let me do this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is the article that Brian sent me, and that's why I went back to a sister of ours that asked me, well, what does this mean that the Temple Mount officials have eradicated all references to the Temple Mount and changed it instead of beyond the wall? This is from McLintlock, Strong Biblical Cyclopedia, Kerr, of Hebrew, of Hebrew origin, wall, or fortress. A people and country subject to the Assyrian Empire mentioned in connection with Elam, to which the conquered Damascinians were transplanted and Whence the Armenians of the east of Syria at some time or other migrated. This is supposed by Major Reynolds to be the same country which still bears the name of Kurdistan. I think I've read enough. This all happened in the very same week. Same week. So if I would have been more familiar... With Isaiah 22 and Second Kings 16 and Amos chapter 9, uh, Brian wouldn't have had to send me this link. I would have immediately knew what that meant when the temple authorities ceased using Temple Mount and started saying beyond the wall. Beyond the cur. I, I know, yeah, I know. I'm sitting here looking at both the Hebrew and the Greek. <sighs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, that's where we're going. <laughs> Let's get this show on the road. Brian, your comments on that, please, I guess? Well, I just uh, think it's rather interesting. Yeah, I ran the uh, word for car for the Hebrew alone. Through and it does show up a multitude of times as wall and in some pretty interesting places. And these aren't new places to me, right, Brian? Are they new places in the Bible to me? I would think not. <laughs> well, then that makes me wholly insufficient, doesn't it? Boy, you could hear a pin drop, couldn't you, ladies and gentlemen? You know, <laughs> we had a thousand listens to a broadcast we did three months ago this week. You know that the spirit of truth is going to come and show us what is to come. 
And you've all already realized that if I have trouble with that, you're in a world of hurt. Like I said, look to Lebanon. But of course you're going to be probably blinded by the lies. I mean, there's no way they're going to tell you what's really going on in the news. There's no way. I mean, have you all forgotten about the champ? Probably have. Me and Brian and I told you about it oh, three years ago. That the Israelis had a Tomahawk cruise missile type of weapons platform that has a gamma gun in its head instead of a warhead, and it just flies about 50 feet over the ground, and when it detects like uh, any type of power sort, it just nukes it with a gamma burst. Yeah, we have them, but we're only because Israelis kind of give it to us. Yeah, right now. Ladies and gentlemen, no, really, not lying to you. It doesn't explode. It flies over a target. It can target individual tents and fire a gamma ray burst beam at individual tents. No, really. Look it up. It's called Champ. I mean, uh, why has nobody talked about um, – let me ask Clinton this. Did you get the information of our officials being taken out of Cuba because they were under sonic attack? Have you heard anything about that question? Yeah, I have. Um, it's it's been kind of a big deal because this this started back in uh, the end of like 2016, and uh, it's just they don't know who's causing it, they don't know what is causing it, but it's it's affecting foreign diplomats from the United States that are in Cuba, and it's it's to the point that it's causing either you know, permanent like hearing loss. Or brain damage, or something associated to that kind of audible attack. Well, you know what's most susceptible as far as levels of dangerousness, don't you? That can alter brain waves. You didn't know that. Brain waves are kind of important because that frequency sets the tone to even how different. Uh, well, you would call them vitamins, are distributed in the body. Ladies and gentlemen, I assure you, it's not the Cubans doing it. Ah, yes, it's the Crusaders. You better, if you don't have a hint, you better go buy a clue from somebody. Who is benefiting us remaining at odds with Cuba? The military, industrial, congressional complex. I mean, at least they didn't hit them with a gamma burst. I mean, you realize you all don't even know what that'll do, do you? I mean, you all spend so entertained by Star Wars and Star Trek, you don't understand that you can't see a gamma laser. You can't see it. That it fries everything all at once. So here, just imagine this. If you used to take a gamma gun at the proper output, let's say, uh, oh, I don't know, 30K. If you hit 
let's say, a submarine with it. It would simultaneously burn a hole in both sides of the hull, and everything in between would burn at the same exact instant. You understand? It's <laughs> it's not science fiction fantasy. In your mind, you think that um, Captain Kirk fires at a Klingon, and it makes a explosive hole the first in this part of the hole and goes in and then destroys that uh, bulkhead beyond it and yet no 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 a gamma ray burst ladies and gentlemen will destroy everything in its path simultaneously so you'll have burn holes directly through anything flesh brick it don't matter gold will not help you against a gamma burst just so you know You don't know we've been working with tunable lasers for on the order of 30 years. Do you know what a tunable laser is? Well, you do it with electromagnets, ladies and gentlemen. You can make it into a green laser or a red laser simply by changing the distance of the magnets between one another. In doing so, you change the wavelength. No, really. Ladies and gentlemen, they're never going to tell you what we have now. <laughs> Thanks for sure. Your beans and your bullets and your bullion will not, I repeat, save you inside of your bunkers because a gamma-ray-focused weapon will most certainly penetrate both earth, concrete, and steel and keep right on going. And the closer that it gets to the center of the Earth, it'll actually speed up. Just so you know, I'm surprised we almost missed this. We almost missed this news item about these uh, sonic attacks. But yeah, it's a whole lot more serious than you might think, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, really. Well, we are at the end of the broadcast uh, Clinton, your closing thoughts and goodbyes. Don't forget to uh, put out your websites, please. Yeah, you know, I mean, the the last thing I have to say is, is I mean, things are going to accelerate. Everything is going to get a little bit more hard to see what what the truth is, and, and you can see that when you're watching the news or you're searching for information, you can see. That, that the truth is becoming very, very difficult to find. And, and that's where it's going to be more important to have, you know, structure set up and, and knowing kind of the direction that things are going to head. We, we were told this beforehand, so we would know during this time of what to expect. And now we are seeing those things come to pass, and that just means that we need to make sure we keep our heads on straight that we need to understand and see and make actions when the time comes. And, and you know, the, the biggest thing that, that, that I can say is, you know, everyone remember to love each other and remember to have compassion towards each other because in, in the grand scheme of things, none of us are going to make it through this by ourselves. Um, you know, everyone, thank you for your support. Uh, the best way to find me is on uh, clintoncowatch.com. Uh, my last name is spelled K-O-W-A-C-H. 
Um, or you can find all these news articles that we talk about in the broadcast on my Twitter, which is uh, at Clinton Co-Watch. Um, thank you again, and uh, may God guide you on your journey. All right, Brian, your closing comments, and don't forget to put out your websites. Well, there's just a whole lot of uh, details to keep an eye on, and the Middle East is definitely flaring up in some very specific places that are altogether really important, and I would highly advise keeping an eye on them. With that said, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Overt Attention Show, and you can find my uh, website at OvertAttentionShow.com. We have our YouTube channel, The Bands of Time, also. And if you need to contact me for any reason, uh, The Bands of Time at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, you might want to take a read over uh, Ezekiel chapter 17 and see what the word of the Lord had to say about the, uh, I don't know, the eagles, uh, the vine, the cedars of Lebanon. And no one understand this, that the cedar revolution that happened in Lebanon, uh, you were actually all over it. And you're responsible for it, just so you know. As for me, my name is Matthew Miller. I'm a servant of the Lord my God through the self-sacrifice of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. What I am and what I was and what I will be is completely at his discretion. What about you? You know, tonight during our break, we did some uh, Job. We sure did. I wonder if any of you had a have a clue what God said there. In Job 38, verse 33, Knowest thou the ordinances of, of heaven? Canest thou set the dominion thereof in the earth? I hope you understand what that means. Even though you've rejected it. At any rate, this is the End Time Tribune. If you'd like to contact me, it's intimetribune at mail.com. Uh, you know, from now on, let's just do this. Make it easy for me. In the subject part, just put pro or con. So, uh, you know, know ahead of time whether I'm going to get cursed out. Because today, there is no... Vulgar word used in the English vernacular that I didn't read today, or from Christians, by the way. So if you put in the subject part of the email, whether it's pro or con, at least that'll give me a little bit of heads up. But make no mistakes. The likes of you 
aren't qualified to take my hat off. By the way, I've been dead three times, just so you all know that. Three times I've looked up and surgeons were standing over me. Saying that what God had did was impossible. Really? You'd be surprised what God can do, I guess, whether you believe in the rapture or not. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. Godspeed.